Now life can begin I've clenched all my sins I'm about to break through ah, Five thousand miles left on the road ah, Two hundred hours till I am home I need something human Hello, everyone, and welcome to MuseCast, the podcast for musers. I'm your host, Anais Lucia. And that was today's featured Muse cover of Something Human by, excuse me, I hope I pronounced this correctly, Peter Efremudis from Greece. (laughs) Peter, if you're listening, please let me know if I messed it up and how you pronounce it correctly. Um, but his voice is amazing, and I had to, you know, feature his cover. So thank you so much, Peter, for letting me feature your cover of Something Human on the show. You can follow him on Instagram and YouTube, and I'm going to post his links in the show notes and video description if you're watching on YouTube. So go follow him, like him, support him. <laughs> I want to feature Muse covers on every episode, so if you have a Muse cover, please send it my way through any of my social media that's in the show notes or video description so I can feature it because I want to share all these amazing covers with other fans. Alright, so today's topic is going to be about, you know, Muse's old stomping grounds, Tidmouth. And not just Tinmouth, but sites that every muser should visit if you guys ever get to go there. I have not been there. I almost went, I think, about six years ago on my first trip to Europe. I was planning on stopping by Tinmouth. I had already booked my hotel and everything. And just things happen and I didn't end up going but I definitely plan on it because I love Muse and I feel like eventually I do need to go to Tinmouth. It's something that has to happen and I feel like you know when we love something or someone we have to know the background you know where they come from and I don't at least so that's what I think you know so like we can understand them better. I know a lot of you probably already know a lot about Tinmouth but you know this is for those who maybe don't know as much and who knows even if you think you know maybe you'll learn something new today you know who knows but before we start let's get into a little bit of muse news that kind of rhymes but we request that everybody stays calm at the current moment for there is a zombie apocalypse currently happening on the west coast in case you didn't know you know matt is part of this super group called the jaded hearts club band but i mean if we're all if we're if you're following him on instagram you probably already know this but um, they actually have a music video premiering today, April 20th, for their cover of Marvin Gaye's This Love Starved Heart of Mine. It's killing me. It's ama- The track is amazing. I have not seen the video yet because I'm recording this before April 20th because I'm actually putting out this episode on April 20th. So I'll hopefully talk about the music video in the next episode. Um, just a little trivia about the original track. Uh, Marvin Gaye originally recorded it back in 1967, but it wouldn't 
it wasn't actually released until 1994 so 30 years later which is pretty crazy the jaded hearts club band is made up of matt bellamy uh, who is the producer a bassist and he does backing vocals nick sester from jet is that how you pronounce his last name sester or i don't know i hope please someone correct me if i said it wrong but yeah he's from jet he does the lead vocals uh jamie davis he's kind of the main founder of the group he plays rhythm guitar does backing vocals and he also previously ran uh, graham coxon's label transcopic records and the band also consists of miles kane from the last shadow puppets on lead vocals sean payne from the zootons who plays drums and also does backing vocals and Graham Coxon from Blur who plays lead guitar and backing vocals. So their new album, we don't have a release date yet, but they decided to, you know, cover a bunch of Northern Soul, you know, Motown classics. And Matt said, we listened to hours and hours of songs from the Northern Soul slash Motown period to choose the right 10 for an album. This perfectly sums up what we are trying to do as a Jaded Hearts Club to shed light on some of the greatest lost songs ever written. So in case you haven't heard, they already uh, covered uh, Nobody But Me, which was amazing. I love that song. It's so good. Uh, I'm so excited for the album because I love oldies just in general. And when I first heard of the Jane Hearts Club band, they were covering all these Beatles songs. Beatles is one of my favorite groups too. And I my head almost exploded because it was like, oh my gosh, the lead singer of my favorite band, Muse, is covering songs from one of my other favorite bands, the Beatles, like what? And their covers were so good. And then seeing Paul McCartney perform with them is amazing. So, uh, and I, I love, you know, like I said, oldies and Motown. So I'm really, really excited to see what, songs from that era they choose and i also love discovering kind of like lesser known music and things like that so i'm really curious to see if they pick any songs that i have not heard because well this marvin gay one i hadn't heard so they already picked that one but nobody but me i have um so i'm just excited and maybe they'll introduce a whole new generation to more oldies which is awesome because that era is amazing and we need to you know get familiar with it and respect it so before i get into the topic um i'm wearing a you know kind of related shirt i actually bought this shirt in jersey not new jersey but the island of jersey in the channel which is part of the channel islands i actually got it two years ago i actually went there so i was close to tinmouth uh jersey is just you know basically like probably an hour flight <laughs> across uh, the English Channel from like Tinmouth. Um, I didn't realize how close I was, but I was there in Jersey to run a 13K and Jersey was absolutely beautiful. I just love trees and water and everything. It's a little island, so I thought it was gorgeous. And then I was looking at the map and I realized, wow, Tinmouth and Jersey actually really close to each other. <laughs> yeah, so I almost went to Tinmouth like five years ago but then actually did, I took another trip two years ago where I went to Jersey and London so I've been close to Tinmouth but I just haven't been there but one day I hopefully will so that's why I'm wearing this shirt that I bought there it's from the Jersey Zoo there so I'm pretty happy that I have this shirt I love it and I know it's not Tinmouth but in case you're curious and you would like to see my travel vlogs from when I went to Jersey and London 
you can check that out on my YouTube travel channel and I'll post that in the video description and in the show notes. All right, so let's get started. Okay, let's learn a little bit about Tynmouth. So Tynmouth is in the county of Devon in England and devonguide.com describes Tynmouth as a pleasant seaside town nestling below the Halden Hills. It lies along a stretch of red sandstone coast on the attractive estuary of the River Tain beneath the shadow of Dartmoor. There are panoramic views from the high ground around town. If you love ocean, nice views, definitely go to Tidmouth. So I just want to play this little clip. I found this really <laughs> cute uh, tourism film from 1960 about Tidmouth. Uh, it's called Tinmouth Sunny South Devon. It's by the Tinmouth Urban District Council. If you are listening to the uh, podcast, I suggest you go to the, the YouTube channel and actually see the clip that I'm about to show you because it's super cute. And here you go. Come with me to Tinmouth in sunny South Devon, where long stretches of pleasant beaches and the wide estuary of the River Teen combine with the delightful Devon countryside provide a resort of unparalleled natural beauty. Tynmouth is one of the smaller resorts, and life is more leisurely than in some of the larger cities by the sea. Most of you have enough of queues and crowds during the year, and want to slow down during your holiday. There are nearly two miles of sandy beaches on the Tynmouth side of the river, with another mile or so at Shaldon and the Ness Cove. So that's just a little clip of the tourism film. If you want to watch the whole thing, I'm going to post a link in the show notes and video description. I just love seeing kind of like, you know, um, like older films, with, especially with that music. It's just so nostalgic to, to me. I love it. It's, and I just think it's really cute. Sorry, I see cute a lot, but I think that is so cute. All right. So contrary to what some people might believe, Muse was actually not born in Tynmouth. None of the members were actually born there. They grew up there, but yeah. Um, Matt actually moved to the town at age 10, and Chris moved there when he was 11. I couldn't really find when Dominic moved there, but yeah, none of them were born there, but it's kind of considered their, you know, I guess it's more like the hometown of muse as a group than the individual members because that's where the you know band was formed but not where they were formed you know what i mean <laughs> it was also where the homecoming seaside rendezvous shows occurred in september 4th and 5th in 2009 they had took place 10 years after the release of their first album showbiz 40,000 fans came for two nights, which was more than double the population of Tynmouth. Uh, the ticket sold out pretty much immediately. I wish I would have been there. I, when I heard about that, I wanted to be there so bad, but you know, I couldn't. It was too far for me, but I would have loved to have been there. I did see the show online and it looked amazing. Also, Muse ran you know, with the Olympic torch through Tynmouth for a little bit in 2012. I don't know if you guys saw that. If you're watching the podcast on YouTube, you can see a little clip of them doing that. The population of Tynmouth is, from what I found, around 19,000 people. So 19,402. Um, my hometown, I'm actually from a small town too, um, is a little over 20,000. So my hometown has about a thousand more people than 
Tin Myth. Um, so I can totally relate with so much of being from a small town. And it's kind of cool to know that it's kind of like around the same amount of people. And I mean, just growing up there, I, you know, you're it's definitely uh, not that much to do. <laughs> Um, everyone knows everyone. It's it's you have to be kind of pr a private. I feel. I mean, if you just are a private person, because you know you never know. If you tell one person one thing, it's gonna spread through the whole town. Like for me, the first time I, uh, you know, had some drinks. You know, I had yeah. My teacher somehow my teacher found out. I was like really. I didn't tell anyone. Somehow my teacher found out I got drunk So in high school. So got to be careful in a small town because word spreads really quickly. Also, Tinmouth has record-breaking hours of sunshine. So it's great for people like me who are more daytime people and like longer days. I It's hard for me to function when it's dark. My body just starts shutting down. So I'm definitely somebody who likes longer days, more sunshine. I feel like I can be more productive. And also the geographical position of Tinmouth ensures that the, you know, weather is going to be, you know, pretty mild through most of the year. So I, you know, like I said, I've I haven't been to Tinmouth yet, but I was in Jersey and I can tell you the weather there was amazing too. And it's also, you know, right by, you know, it's a seaside place because it was an island. So the weather was really, really nice when I was in Jersey. Days were definitely long. I got, I was there in May and it was 9 p.m. and like the sun was still out it was crazy so <laughs> definitely long days tinmouth is also famous for its pier promenade it's great for fishing there's a little peter pan railway and that kind of caught my attention because i love peter pan but i feel like that's more for little kids but <laughs> yeah you know i'm kind of a big kid so i wouldn't mind uh you know trying to get on that peter Peter Pan uh, Railway. So let's hear what some of the locals have to say about Tinmouth. There is a fantastic community spirit, both in, in Tinmouth and Chaldon. It's steeped in heritage here. Shall we say it's the finest place in the world in which to live. The seaside is beautiful. Um, uh, the, the scenery around here is wonderful. The moors are close by. There's so much to see and do. It's just the most beautiful place to come to. So Tinmouth is also a pretty great place uh, to retire because it's, you know, quiet and small. Um, and I just wanted to show this little clip from the, you know, tourism film from Tinmouth. And here you go. We welcome old people. And here is a party of them leaving one of the seafront hotels for a trip across the moors. Yeah, so when I first heard that, that was pretty funny because I feel like that's something you probably couldn't get away with saying now like i don't think it's that of bad or offensive but people get really offended by everything now and if you you know this was made in 1916 i feel now if you made a film and you said that people would be like excuse me blah, blah, blah. so i think that's the you know, other interesting thing about watching just kind of like older you know media is you can see kind of the difference and culture and things like that. So a little bit of history about Tinmouth. In 1690, it suffered a devastating invasion by the French, um, but it reinvented itself in the 18th and 19th centuries. And then in the 1940s, when the railway opened up on the coast, Tinmouth became the second most popular health resort in Devon. If you like architecture, 
Timnith actually has a variety of architectural styles due to the various air raids during World War II. So on the seafront, there's large Victorian buildings, and behind it, it's lined with Georgian cottages. I really like art architecture. I'm not like an expert or anything on it, but I definitely appreciate it and, and just enjoy seeing different types of architecture, which is one of the reasons I love traveling. Um, so that definitely caught my attention. And some other famous people other than Muse who lived in Tinmouth. The poet John Keats wrote part of Endymion, I hope I pronounced that right, while living in what is now known as the Keats House in 1818, where he lived with his brothers George and Tom. And Thomas Lunny, who was a British painter of maritime scenes, especially historic naval battles, also lived there. His paintings are beautiful, so you should definitely look him up. According to Artnet.com, in the final decades of his career, the artist suffered from arthritis in both hands but continued to work up until his death in September 30th, 1837 in Tinmouth. So, that's where he passed away. Also, Charles Babbage, who was the English mathematician and inventor, having conceived the first automatic digital computer, lived in Tinmouth as a youngster. So it's a great place to be creative, probably because, you know, there's not much to do. <laughs> as someone who is from a small town, you know, that I definitely, you know, when there's not much to do, you have to just be creative and find things to do if you don't want to you know, do drugs and other stuff. <laughs> I definitely did that. I made my own, you know, films when I was a kid. I recorded our two hour long radio shows just because there's not much to do. So you gotta be creative. But today, Tinmouth has a growing artist community. There's live theater, an annual jazz festival, a regatta, a carnival. There's lots of cycling and walking opportunities there's water sports so if you like to be physically active there's something for you in tinmouth so let's hear what some young tinmouth locals have to say about growing up in tinmouth so you have to yeah. make your own entertainment really like to find your own sort of stuff to do so and people like that aren't inclined to do that in a way they're they're the ones that probably get into like smoking and drugs and things because there, there isn't anything for yeah <laughs> There isn't anything for them to do, so it's kind of the only thing I guess they see to do. It's not really the best place for work, and you, you've got to travel to get a decent job. I can totally relate. So I found this quote from Matt about growing up in Tinmouth, and he said, The only time the town came to life was during the summer, when it turned into a vacation spot for visiting Londoners. When the summer ended, they left and took all the life with them. I felt so trapped there. I definitely relate. Oh my gosh, yeah. There's definitely a sense of like you need to leave this town or you're not going to succeed that's how i felt growing up i felt like i needed to you know do well in school so i can get the heck out of there and go to college and just leave this town because it just i don't know i just felt like if i didn't leave after high school i would never leave another quote from matt he said my friends were either getting into drugs or music but i gravitated towards the latter and eventually learned how to play that became my escape if it weren't for the band i would probably have turned to drugs myself so true <laughs> i always tell people you know because i grew up in a small town too so i tell people that so you either got into drugs sex or or drinking i think yeah so it was either drinking drugs or sex 
Um, I didn't want, really want to do any of those, so I just kind of was more introverted and I was just, you know, being creative, making my own little films, you know, playing music. I am not that great, like, you know, to be professional, I just like to do it for fun, but yeah, I just made a lot of uh, short films and things like that just because I was not interested in, you know, the sex, drugs, and drinking, which that's what happened. And then a lot of people ended up having kids and just staying there in the town forever. And I'm like, bye, I'm, I'm leaving. So, um, and then, you know, when you're in a small town, you don't really appreciate uh, the good things about it just because, you know, you're a kid and you just find everything so boring and you usually want to move away, which I certainly did. <laughs> so, you know, but now that, you know, once you leave, you know, you just get gain a different perspective. So I feel like traveling is definitely very important. So here is Chris talking about appreciating Timoth. I think you need to get out of Timoth to appreciate it. Though. That's the thing. I mean, it's, you know, I couldn't imagine, you know, being in Timoth all the time. Um, I think once you've had the opportunity to travel and see other places, then it's a great place to come back to. When you sort of disappear for a while and then come back slightly older, you see, you see it from a different angle, you know. But when they first became famous, um, Muse actually got some heat for basically kind of <laughs> insulting Tinmith and calling it a living hell. And Vincent Fusco, I hope I pronounced that right, uh, the mayor of Tinmith was not happy about it and he threw their CDs in the trash. But this is what he says now, or at least, you know, when they had the Seaside Rendezvous shows, this is what he was saying at that time. It's water under the bridge, it's best forgotten. So cool, you know, everything <laughs> has been forgotten. Um, so, you know, it's good to know that, you know, they are able to just, you know, kind of move on past that. But I just thought that was pretty funny how he <laughs> was like, you know, screw you, Muse, you know, and then now he's like, ah, you know, everything's okay now, it's okay. So now let's get into the different sites in Tinmith that every Muser needs to visit. So first off, you need to go where Muse first met. They actually met in the den, which is where they actually had the seaside uh, rendezvous shows. This is quite, you know, a relevant spot in, uh, in the history of the bands, like literally right about here where that little brown patch is, is where me and Matt first met and I first asked him to actually join my band. I kind of knew it's from school that he was a pretty good musician because I've seen him like playing a bit of like blues piano here and there and a little bit of guitar, but I didn't really know him very well. And when Dom and Matt asked me to join their band, I think I realised pretty quickly, probably after the first rehearsal, that what we were doing, even though looking back it probably wasn't great at the time, but you know, for that time it was, it was leagues ahead of what, what we were doing in our other bands. And right by the den, you should also check out the Tinmouth Pier, take a nice little walk there, there's an ice cream kiosk, there's a funny statue of a biker. <laughs> The pier used to be longer, and that's all that's changed. The storm came and wiped out the back half of it. So that, that's the development in Timoth over the last, you know, 60 years, I guess. See, a lot of all this, they've all got the same games in here. Like, this <laughs> has been here for about 25 years. I'm sure we're not the only people, but we used to come in here, like, accidentally fall into these machines, so the money falls out, and, like, grab it and run away quickly. Next on your views pilgrimage has got to be the Timoth Community School, where all three of them went to school. And a very important person in Muse history 
uh, taught there, and that was their music teacher, Jill Bird. Um, they have all, you know, I have thanked her for everything that she did to encourage the band. Actually, one teacher, Jill Bird, actually is very, is, was a great uh, teacher who actually was quite into the band, actually. And she, was, uh, she used to let us play sometimes, rehearse in the school uh, after hours. In 2011, Jill Bird told the Express and Echo, we had no money in the school either. It was awful, really. One bass guitar working if we were lucky. A shoebox cassette player, a crappy drum kit, no decent rooms, but they didn't care. They just say, Miss, can we rehearse? Can we rehearse? <laughs> so I really admire that about the guys that they, you know, were motivated at such a young age and they wanted to just practice and get better. They knew, you know, at that young of age that, you know, it takes practice. You know, it's not just going to happen overnight. You've got to work for it. Jill also said that luckily the music department was in an old building 200 meters from the main school so they could make as much noise as they wanted. That was one of those strange quirks of fate that changed things for them. The boys were never satisfied with their compositions though. Most kids at 14 or 15 get them in and think, thank God for that. Not with them. They always wanted to keep improving them. Chris particularly. What he was doing with his bass back then was genuinely pushing boundaries. I'd give him top marks and say, Chris, this is already brilliant. I can't give you a better mark. He'd be, but it's not right. To have such drive at that age was extraordinary. So I thought that was really, really cool to just hear again um, that, you know, they recognize that they have to, you know, they were pushing themselves uh, to be better because you don't even see that sometimes in adults. Like They just want everything to come so easy and there's a lot of entitled people, but you know, Muse knew that they had to keep practice and they were always pushing to become better. And I think that's one of the reasons that they're just super talented individually because they, you know, were always striving to be better. They were never like satisfied and like, yeah, I'm good. You know, I don't need practice. So I think that's super admirable. Jill also said, I saved up for a multi-track tape recorder. It was for the school. But really, it was for them, because I knew the equipment we had was limiting. I know I shouldn't have, but I let them take it home at weekends too. I didn't know how it worked either, so we were learning together. That encouragement is so important for young people. It gives them such joy, something to strive for. And, yep, I definitely agree, uh, especially in a small town and, you know, when you want to work in entertainment, anything like that. Um, when you're from a small town, people think that you're never going to make it. I love playing music, but I didn't think I was talented enough to be in a band or anything, but I definitely wanted to act and, you know, direct films and everything. But when you're a small town, people are like, yeah, it's never going to happen, blah, blah, blah. Especially when you're not rich, you don't have connections or anything like that. And people would just like laugh at me when I was kind of say that that's what I wanted to do they were like yeah it's never gonna happen also because I was very shy and quiet um but I had I, it was like I didn't really have anyone that believed in me and I did have one teacher in high school shout out to Mr. Hole um it's H-O-H-L not H-O-L-E but he was pretty much the only person um that encouraged me and believed in me and Seriously, like, if it wasn't for him, I probably never would have made it to Hollywood. I, in case you didn't know, I lived in L.A. for a few years and I worked in the industry and stuff, And but now I'm in Florida. But 
you know, people would see me on TV and blah, 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 doing stuff. And they couldn't believe it, you know, because I was from a small town. Not that I'm famous or anything, but just working in Hollywood, people were, you know, in my from my small town, they're kind of impressed. So they never thought they, you just have to take like a, a leap of faith, I guess, and just believe in yourself, but also really helps to have a support system. Um, but I didn't really have a support system. I just had one teacher that really supported me. So, you know, it can make a big difference to just have that one person and teachers are super important. So can never forget the importance of teachers. So never forget Jill Bird, very important in Muse's history. Um, so in 2004, uh, Muse was actually at the opening of the Tinmouth Community College's new performing arts center and Jill Bird was there as well. Uh, she said, to see the boys become a huge band was really moving, especially when they came back for their homecoming gig in Tinmouth. I was one of the first people to buy tickets, but the boys got in touch and said they had put some aside for me. I love that part. Like, I I love Muse. Like, just things like this make me love them more that, you know, they're just so humble. They remember, you know, they're going back to their hometown, doing those gigs, you know, supporting you know, the opening of the Performing Arts Center. They never forgot Jill and they hooked her up with tickets. You know, she was so cute. I think it's so cute that she wanted to, you know, she bought tickets right away and they were like, no, we got you. You don't have to buy them. So I thought that was really awesome. And just one of the reasons I love them. So going along your little muse journey in Tinmouth, another stop is the Broadmeadow Sports Center, which was where Muse had their first gig in 1994 in a battle of the bands so i guess a lot of fans already know about this where they were a goth group called the rocket baby dolls um and <laughs> apparently the you know set ended with the stage just getting bombarded by 30 or 40 fans and the organizers started throwing people off the stage including matt <laughs> who was still playing and they you know kind of gone to this crazy makeup and they were kind of just having fun with it they weren't taking it too seriously so uh, muse was actually shocked when they actually ended up winning the battle of the bands which is pretty hilarious so next on the journey is the tinmouth muse mural to take a a picture you have to go there okay if you're a muser i recently found out that there is a muse mural in tinmouth it's life-size wall mural in the art quarter near Northumberland Place and it's thought to have been painted by the street artist MOS Moss um, and it's the three band members laughing and I love that it's them laughing because I think they all have great laughs I just love when people laugh in general like people smiles and everything like that I love it so I think that's a great image to have of them uh, but I found this funny quote um, so speaking to Q Magazine about the mural, Dom said, I'm surprised no one has drawn a penis on it. And Matt added, oh yeah, we definitely would have done that. So Dom, I mean, like, come on. I was like, of course, Dominic would say that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So no, I'm kind of glad nobody has drawn a penis on it. I mean, hopefully it has no one actually listened to them and did that because i want to go to tinmouth and take a picture by that mural so i hope there's not a penis that i need to photoshop out so next on your journey you have to stop by sheldon bridge i hope i pronounced sheldon correctly but that is where muse carried the olympic torch in 2012 
and apparently so many people crowded onto the bridge that police were worried about the safety of, of the bridge like that's how many people showed up so if you're watching on youtube you're watching the podcast you can see you know clip of them you know carrying the torch if you have tattoos or you want a tattoo or you're just interested in where does chris get his tattoos you gotta stop by the ink spot their website is inkspot.plus.com i'll put that in the show notes and a video description but they describe themselves as the longest established and only family-run professional tattoo artist shop in Tinmouth and T- Tenbridge area. So I definitely want to go there. I don't have any tattoos, but I have been debate- debating for probably over 10 years about getting a Muse tattoo. And I always said, if I get one, it's going to be there because I just felt it would be very appropriate to get a Muse tattoo at the same place where Chris gets his tattoos. I don't think he's gotten all of them there, but he's definitely gotten several. So uh, the tattooist Gina Topaz, she is somebody who has uh, tattooed Chris and she said, I'm a big fan of Muse and that he has had other tattoos done there in the past and Chris was very easygoing and relaxed and nice to talk to, which is not surprising because you know, Chris just seems like that type of guy. <laughs> Next on the Muse pilgrimage is the Riviera Cinema. And that is where there was a 10th anniversary screening of the Seaside Rendezvous basically several months ago at the end of 2019 um, by the Tinmouth Rotary Club. And they were it actually took them quite a while to be able to get the license to be able to screen it there. And they had to go, you know, through the BBC and other companies to actually be able to get the rights. And basically the only reason that the Rotary Club was allowed to show, you know, have the screening was because Muse was from uh, Tinmouth. If it wasn't for that, they probably would not have had the license approved. So over 800 people attended the private showings. And among those attending the first night were Dominic matt and chris's mothers oh so cute i wish i could have been there like uh, i just want to just be able to fly to tinmouth anytime there's anything news related i just want to be able to just go to tinmouth so i missed the seaside rendezvous the original uh shows and now this 10th anniversary screenings it's so sad that was almost at tinmouth i was so close to tinmouth twice and i will go i'm sorry i will go <laughs> So I did read that Matt Bellamy owns a sheep farm in Devon overlooking the River Tain. Um, that's how I saw that it was pronounced Tain. So hopefully that's the correct pronunciation, but I don't exactly know where the sheep farm is. I'm not going to encourage people to go stalking or, uh, you know, trying to find his sheep farm. But um, if he still owns it, I think that's pretty cool. Just, you know, showing that he still has his like, you know, roots there. I know his, you know all of them you know they have family there but it's just nice to see when really famous people haven't forgotten you know where they're from and another activity that matt likes to do or take part in that takes place in tinmouth is the sheldon regatta and regatta is a series of boat races apparently matt likes to get involved in the 10 days of the regatta and he likes to take uh being there with him in it takes place in late august so you know if you like 
boat races you know maybe check out go to the next uh, shelter regatta probably not this year i don't know if they're gonna have it because of covid we'll see but um, maybe eventually you can just check it out maybe you'll see matt there so those are some of the must see places for any muser who goes to tinmouth and in case you know you already saw a bunch and you're like i want to see more of tinmouth some other maybe not muse related tinmouth attractions that you can go check out are the tinmouth museum which has a lot of interesting exhibitions about the local history uh, you can take a nice beautiful walk along the tinmouth to dawlish railway walk oh my gosh the views are beautiful if you're watching this on youtube you can see some pictures i found i like i said before i love just like water and trees and stuff so i definitely want to do that when i go to Tinmouth because I will go. And if you want to actually get on the water, you can uh, ride the Wee Ferry. It's a family-run business um, and they, you know, do little ferry rides, boat trips, and, you know, just go support local business. And they do a lot of uh, different boat trips from fishing trips, ferries, round robins, sunset cruises, and much more. So I love water okay how many times do i have to say it no, i'm just kidding but i really do um i mean i lived in la and now in florida on the coast so yeah i i just love the water so i definitely want to try that as well and you also have to check out the beautiful art on display at the tinmouth river beach and arts quarter and go support you know the local artists and check it out and last but not least you can uh visit the keats house where i mentioned earlier john keats lived with his brothers in Northumberland Place and there is a commemorative plaque there that says the poet Keats resided here in the year 1818. So he actually wrote a poem called Tinmouth. So I'm going to read you a little bit of an excerpt from that poem because I really like it. There's wild wood, a mild hood, to the sheep on the lee of the down, where the golden furs with its green thin spurs doth catch at the maiden's gown. There's Newton Marsh, with its spear grass harsh, a pleasant summer level, where the maidens sweet of the market street do meet in the dusk to revel. There's a Barton Rich, with dyke and ditch, and hedge for the thrush to live in, and a hollow tree for the buzzing bee, and a bank for the wasp to hive in, and oh, and oh, the daisies blow, and the primroses are wakened. And violets while sit in silver plight and the green buds as long as the spike end all right so that was my reading sorry it was not that great but i wanted to share the poem with you guys and muse you know maybe if any of you guys are listening you know matt maybe you can incorporate some of uh these you know words this poems into a, you know a song i think that'd be pretty cool i think you could call the song tin myth I think that'd be awesome. You know, all this, you know, song Tin Myth by a band that was formed in Tin Myth that is incorporating, a, you know, a poem that was called Tin Myth by a poet who lived in Tin Myth. So very Tin Mythy, Tin Mythy. So, you know, just, you just have to do it. So, all right so that's it i hope you enjoyed learning about tin myth hopefully you learned something that maybe you didn't know before and 
if maybe you weren't planning on it, hopefully now you want to go and you have a better idea of, you know, what you want to see in Tinmouth. I know it's a small town, but there are things to do, okay? <laughs> so I definitely want to check it out. I just love small towns. I think, I don't know, maybe because I'm from a small town. Like, I definitely didn't really appreciate it that much when I was younger. Um, but I just find that when I go to small towns, like, people are just so friendly. Like, they just appreciate like the visitors a lot more because they're not used to they're not used to it as opposed to larger metropolitan areas you know they get tourists all the time they're almost like sick of tourists but when you go to a small town and you really have this genuine curiosity about it um, I find that locals are just super appreciative they're super friendly super helpful like when I went to Jersey Everyone I met there was super nice and sorry I say super a lot, but that's <laughs> just, that's how nice they were. They were so nice. And just, if you just go and you're respectful and you're genuinely interested in them and their town, they're going to be so appreciative and so helpful and I can't wait to go. I Hopefully it'll be soon. <laughs> I mean, depending on what happens with COVID and everything like that, but you know, hopefully I will get the chance to go. If you have been to Tin Myth, please share what it's like. Share it in the comments. If you're watching on YouTube or here in the video, in the comments below or send me a DM on Instagram and I would love to share your experience on hopefully the next episode. I'm going to post links to the, you know, tourism film in the show notes and the video description as well as some other clips of, that I found of Tin Myth in 2018, 2019, so you can kind of get an idea and see what it looks like now. Uh, thank you so much for listening to this whole episode. If you did, I truly, truly appreciate uh, you spending the time with me. And check out this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, and hopefully it'll be on Google Play Podcast soon if it's not already. If you can, please rate the podcast leave a review a comment you know if you're watching on youtube comment and subscribe it really really helps helps out the podcast and hopefully you know we'll get other users to see it because i definitely want to connect with you guys but uh how it works with you know podcasts and youtube is the more engagement you get you know more comments more likes that's you know youtube will take that and you know, recommend it to other people. But if nobody comments or likes, then it's not going to. So that's why, you know, a lot of people are like, subscribe, like, and comment because it helps us out to spread it. Unlike COVID, <laughs> we do want to spread the podcast. I want to spread the podcast, not COVID. If you want to be featured, if you write a review of the podcast on, you know, any of the, you know, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, etc. If you write a review and you screenshot your review, and then you share it on your Instagram in a story, and then you tag me at MuseCastPod. I will share your review on the next episode and then share it on my Instagram stories, and I would greatly, greatly appreciate your comments. So I hope to hear from you guys because I definitely want to hear any ideas you have for you know future shows and things like that. Again, if you want to connect with the podcast, Instagram, MuseCastPod, Twitter, at MuseCastPod. Um, here you the YouTube channel uh, Musecast and uh, You know all the links for that just check it all out in the show notes and video description 
Again, please DM me if you do Muse covers or fan art because I want to feature the fan art on the Instagram. Uh, you can also check out my other podcast, Quarantined Happy Hour, where I talk about a variety of topics there. Uh, you can also follow me on my main Instagram account at Small Town Girl Travel. I remember to also uh, follow the cover artist that I played earlier on the show, Peter Efremudis. <laughs> Hopefully, I said it right. All his uh, social media is in the show notes and video description thank you peter so much again for letting me share your covers on the show and yes i said covers plural because we started with peter singing solo and now we're gonna end with a cover from by his band indigo of the handler so yeah the social media links for his band indigo are in the video description and show notes so check them out and here you go. Again, thank you so much for listening. And here is the cover of The Handler by Indigo. See you next time. Bye. Was